You're listening to a powerful message from Pastors Jeremy and Miranda Nelson at the Love Revolution Conference, hosted by C3 Church Tugger. Get ready to have a life-changing encounter with Christ. excited um, I'm excited to preach to you guys tonight because I really feel like uh, I, I really feel like I have a specific word from heaven for this church and for this uh, this region and I don't say that lightly I mean you know a lot of times people say you know like oh yeah I think God's speaking to me like I know that God has shown me something and I've been waiting all weekend to release it I've just been waiting for the right time and I felt like the Lord told me that it was it was tonight otherwise I would have done it earlier but um you know while praying about coming out here to be with you guys uh I had a vision and I saw in the spirit these um these these clouds and and I saw this uh, this glory cloud that that God wants to release in your midst and in the midst of the cloud was rain and I began to see rain, and I, I began to uh, to see it pour out. And I'm telling you, it was like an outpouring of rain and, and, and an outpouring of God's Spirit. And I knew that it had to do with the glory of God. I mean, in the Old Testament, there's lots of, you know, uh, different symbolic things. And even in the natural, where they would have clouds of glory that would come in, you know, to the place where they were worshiping. And the glory presence of God would be so strong that, you know, even the priests couldn't stand to minister. And, and, and I, I began to pray about this and I felt this is what the Lord told me. He said, Jeremy, I want to release the rains of heaven. I want to release the rains of heaven to C3 Tugra and, and, and even over the Central Coast region. And what I'm about to do is I'm about to release revival. And I'm about to release an outpouring of presence. Now I want you to hear me when I say that because here's, here's what I want you to understand. So many people that go, what is revival? What is outpouring of presence? Like, what are you talking about? I'm going to framework it for you out of the word of God tonight. And I'm going to show you what it is, but I want you to understand something. What is revival? Because that's a word that's thrown around at times, I, I think, you know, a lot. And, and sometimes it's even used in a place of, of familiarity. And, and, and sometimes it's almost like a buzzword to get people, you know, to come to something or to do something. And I, I want you to understand something. Revival, I believe, is like the day you got saved. Revival is when the Spirit of God, when the presence of God touches your life, and, and, and when He touches you from that moment on, you're, you're marked. From that moment on, something in your life changes and you're never the same. See, that's what revival is. Revival is when people have an encounter with a good God who loves them, and from that point on, they're never the same because the reality of who He is has been so manifested in their life and to them that they're, they're radically different. And you see, that's my prayer tonight is that for many of you that walked in this door, that you would leave this place radically changed, radically touched by the presence and power of God. And, and, and not only that you would leave just touched, but you would leave empowered. And you see, I believe that there are times and seasons when it comes to the Lord. I believe there are. There's times and seasons in the Spirit. You know, the Bible tells us that there was, uh, there was people in the Old Testament, the sons of Issachar, and they had an anointing from God to discern the times and seasons that, that were happening in the Spirit realm with God as well as in the natural. And I'm telling you, how many know we need understanding of the times and seasons when it comes to our walk with God, both individually as well as corporately? And you see, I believe that where God is taking you in this region, where God is taking you in this church, is God is taking you to, uh, into a season where, where He's going to intensify His presence. He's going to intensify His love. He's going to intensify His goodness. He's going to intensify His glory. In fact, I believe God wants to pour out His Spirit in this place. And, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, I, I believe God wants to, to, to cause many of you to become even more aware of His presence and His love than ever before. And you see, if, you're, if you want to understand what outpouring looks like and, and what it means, how many know we've got to look to the Word of God? See, what I'm talking about is scriptural. How many know in the natural, rain comes out of clouds, right? And how many know if, if, if there's a land that's dry and parched and a land that has not had much water, you know, it needs rain to come so that life can happen. Right? And you see, I want you to understand this. I believe there are some of you in this place, your heart, you know, the, the ground of your heart is dry. 
And, and what happens is that through life circumstances and even through, you know, the testings and the trials of our faith and, and even through just, um, you know, living in the world, sometimes, you know, we can get, we can, we can get to a place where we're not as on fire as maybe we used to be. Or, or maybe, you know, sometimes it's just the busyness of life. It's like, man, we got stuff to do. I mean, no, that's true. We got work, we got school, we got, you know, whatever it is. You're taking care of your kids. I mean, uh, there's so many things. But I want you to understand something. The challenge is this, is to always remain hungry for God. Even in the midst of everything in life that we got to go through. And, and, and there, there are times and seasons when God comes sovereignly and He begins to visit His people. And what He begins to do is He begins to release a supernatural hunger. And He begins to, if you would, release a supernatural refreshing of His presence and glory so that He can empower them to go to the next level of what He's called them to go to in relationship with Him in the Lord. And you see, I believe that right now is a time and a season of promotion. And that even this weekend, how many know there's been a lot of amazing miracles? If you've been here this weekend, and, and, and if you haven't been, I'm telling you, God has been moving. There's been, uh, you know, people, that, creative miracles happening, you know, people that are growing body parts back that weren't in their body, knuckles that were not there, growing back ears that were plugged up and deaf that are hearing, people that, you know, they've, they've had all these afflictions and illnesses for years, and, and, and a lot of them, nobody even prayed for them. The presence of God just came upon them. And what, uh, what it did is it refreshed and it renewed their bodies. And see, that's an aspect of revival. Revival is about renewing or refreshing us when, when we're weak and when we're not strong. All of a sudden, God comes and He gives us His strength. I mean, no, the Bible says not to boast in our own strength, right? He says, look, to, you know, it talks about how there's strength and weakness because God's power can come then. Oh, Jesus. And you see, I'm excited because, you know, I, I, I had a vision. I saw this dark cloud with an amber light in the middle of it. And, and, and I'm telling you, it, it, like I was looking at this vision and, and I began to see a golden rain come out of this cloud. And, and I began to see it fall. And, and the Lord spoke to me. And, and, you know, at first I was like, man, what is this? Is this like a, <laughs> what kind of storm is this? I mean, it, it was black clouds and there was an amber light in the middle. And I thought to myself, man, this doesn't look good. <laughs> You know, and, and then the Lord began to show me that it's really good. Oh. And it was really, really, really good because what it was, was that there was a storm on the horizon. And I'll tell you what, it's not, uh, it's not a, a natural storm, it's a God storm. It's a God storm. And what God wants to do in this place is He wants to reveal uh, the outpourings of His Spirit. And the Lord began to show me, you know, that, that, that the book of Psalms says that thick clouds and darkness surround God's throne. And that lightnings proceed from that throne. And, and I want you to understand something. If you read Revelation 4 and 5, it talks about the lightnings and the thunders of God. And, and if, if you read the book of Psalms, you know, 97, in fact, if you've got Bibles, turn there right now. I want you to see this. Look at this. I want to, I'm, I'm going to bring some language to where I believe you're at as a church in this place because God wants to absolutely wreck your lives. And he wants to absolutely show you what's going on in the times and seasons of, of his spirit. <laughs> See, I want you to understand something. This is what Psalm 97, starting in verse 1, it says, The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitudes be glad. And it says, Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. It says, A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. His lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. And the heavens declare his righteousness. And all the people shall see his glory. So I want you to understand this. I saw this vision of this black cloud with an amber light. And, and I saw these rains, these golden rains. And I believe that gold is signifying of the glory of God. And the goodness of God, the love of God. If you were here earlier this week, we talked about the glory. How Moses cried out and he said, Lord, show me your glory. And it was all of God's goodness that passed him by. It was all of God's love and compassion and mercy and who he was. And I'm, I'm telling you, I believe that this rain is representing a refreshing of God's love and mercy and glory and goodness. That he wants to pour out in this region. And, 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 and I'm telling you, I asked God, I said, well, how come clouds and thick darkness surround your throne? And this is what God told me. I mean, it messed me up. He said, Jeremy, he said, the reason why it, there's darkness that surrounds me is because everything in comparison to who I am is dark. 
How many know he's light? And you know what? If he were to dispel himself, it would. God has to cloak himself because we're not ready to handle the realm of glory. You know, it would be revealed if he came in plain, you know, if he came just as he was. But, but, but you know what? It's amazing because God wants to reveal that realm to us. And you see, I'm excited because here's the thing that unlocks the things of the Spirit is revelation knowledge. I've been talking about this all weekend long. God wants us to go from a place of understanding him here to a place of understanding him here in our hearts. How many know that in the church we sing a lot of songs about God releasing his spirit and the rains, you know, and you know, we, we have these songs that we sing and people get up and let it rain, open the floodgates of heaven. But do we know what we ask for? Or are we just singing religious songs? See, I, I'm serious. See, we need understanding in the church. And, and you know what? I believe God moves despite our understanding. Why? Because he loves us. But what I'm saying is, how much more powerful is it if we understand what God is saying and what God is doing and what the things of the Spirit mean? So if we understand, then we can ask for something and receive it, right? See, I'm telling you, you have not because you what? Ask not. I mean, you could, you could ask for something and if you don't know what it means, you know, you don't really receive it because you don't have an understanding or a comprehension to get that from God. And I mean, what God wants is he wants to clearly give you keys so that you can receive what he wants to do. Because I'm telling you right now, how many of you want to see this community changed? How many want to see your family members saved, your friends saved? How many want to see miracles and healings and signs and wonders released, not just, you know, here in your midst, but in your midst, here in the church, but in your midst as you go? See, God wants to release an outpouring of his spirit. And this is totally biblical. I mean, Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost after the fire of God fell in the upper room and they came out of that place, you know, touched by the Holy Spirit. And he, he, he starts talking about an outpouring. And he says, this is that which Joel prophesied. And he said, God is going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And, and the sons and the daughters are going to prophesy. The young men are going to have visions. The old men are going to have dreams. And upon your men servants and maid servants, you know, they'll prophesy. And then he says, there'll be signs and wonders in the heavens above, the earth beneath. And all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. See, that's a foundational scripture for the New Testament church. And you know what? It all has to do with outpouring. It all has to do with what? The rains of heaven falling into the earth. And, and, and I don't believe it's talking about a natural rain, though I believe that at times God you know, will release rains in the natural as a sign of what's happening in the supernatural. But, but what I'm saying is this, is we need to understand what happens when we begin to, if you would, see God pour His Spirit out. Because if we understand what the Word of God says, then we can call it forth and we can receive it. Amen? And you see, I'm telling you, there's many places in the Bible where it talks about the rains of heaven. And I want you to understand something. In God's economy, He never does anything flippantly. He always does things with purpose. He always does things with purpose. And if you've got Bibles, I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11. And we're going to look at what I believe is the first mention of the rains of heaven in the Bible. Because here's the way things work. If you want to understand if something is a, a, of, of sound doctrine or something is of a, a, a good word that, that lines up, you know, with the word of God and, and lines up with the spirit, then what you've got to do is look for it in the word and see if there's a theme from the beginning of the Bible to the very end. See, that's how systematic theology works. Some of you are like, what? You're a revivalist. What are you talking about? systematic theology no i'm a lover of god's word and i didn't get where i got just because of just praying i got there because i studied the word of god you see we need the word and the spirit but i want you to understand something oftentimes the most significant prophetic release comes by the word and you see i'm, I'm telling you god wants to frame something tonight and, and what we have here is we have if you would what i would call the what i would call the the you know keys to revival or, or God giving Moses and, and the people of his day the precepts to entering into revival or entering into the land of promise. And, and this is what he told them. He said this to them when they were going out of a place of Egypt and into a place of something new. How many know that you guys are going into a new direction? As a church, as a movement, you're going out of something that has been before and into something that is new. And I, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is on the move. 
And this is what it says right here. It says, for the land, this is God telling Moses how they can step in. He says, for the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt for where you have come from, where you have sown your seeds and watered it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks its water from the rains of heaven. And then he says this, he says, verse 12, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. And then 13, he says, and it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all of your heart and with all of your soul, then I will give to you the rain for your land in its season. The early rain and the latter rain that you may gather in your grain, your new wine, and your oil. I want you to see what this is all about. You're like, okay, cool, man. Rain's in the spirit. Rain's in the natural. What's the deal? Well, here's the deal. What does rain produce? It produces a harvest. I mean, you know that, especially in the days of Jesus, before we had all our irrigation and all of our you know, scientific equipment, They had to rely on God, right? To bring rains in order for them to have a harvest. And I want you to understand something. Here is Moses and all of the the Hebrew children. They're coming out of the land of Egypt, which is what? A picture of the world, being in bondage, being in slavery, being in sin, right? And, And they're coming out of that place and they're coming in to the promises of God. They're coming into the, the, the promised destiny that God has for them. And as this happens, all of a sudden God starts to talk to them about rain. Kind of strange, right? And he starts to talk to them about harvest. And, 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 and he begins to reveal to them what a harvest looks like and how to get it. Who wants a harvest in their life? Let me, let me just uh, redefine this because some of you are looking at me like a cow at a new gate. Like, what I'm saying is, how many want the blessings of God in your life? How many want the things that have been spoken over you prophetically to begin to come to pass? How many of you want the promises out of God's word to not just be words that are like, yeah, I heard that one before, but it's manifesting. How many of you want to see the, the, a move of the Holy Spirit that comes and it, it sweeps away a generation and all of a sudden people are captivated with Jesus and a generation comes to Christ? See, we need something. We need God to move is what it is. See, I'm telling you, it's not good enough to just have giftings and anointings and a few leaders that walk in the things of revival. God wants a people of revival. And you see, what we got to do is we got to understand how to get revival and what it looks like when it comes. And we got to understand the, the earmarks of revival so that when it begins to flow, all of a sudden we begin to go, this is that, man. I'm going to grab a hold of this and I'm going to pay a price because revival comes with a price, friends. Everything in God comes with a price. It doesn't come... And what I'm saying is this, is your salvation is a free gift. Right? I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is, how many know that we got a steward relationship with God? And sometimes that means that when, you know, we're so busy that we ain't got no time, we make time. You know, and, and see, this is what, I, what I'm saying. And, and, and I want you to see something, because God wants to release His reins, and there's a reason why, because He wants you to have a harvest. What does a harvest look like? Well, according to this, the way they had a harvest in the Old Testament was that the rains would come, and they would release what? The grain, the new wine, and the oil. See, I want you to understand something. This is significant. Even though it's Old Testament, New Testament, it'll line up in a minute, you'll, you'll understand. But those are the three basic provisions of God for God's people. The grain, the new wine, and the oil. What is the grain and what is the new wine? What is the oil? The grain is the word of God manifest or the word of God coming to pass in our lives. The oil is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Who wants more of the Holy Spirit? I'm telling you, the wine is God's presence. It's His glory. It's His love. It's, it's, you know, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? And, and see, God wants us to understand these things so that we can grab a hold of them. And I'm telling you, God wants you to have a harvest of these anointings. And, and He wants you to have an abundance of the Word of God coming to pass in your life, the, the joy of the Lord in your life. He wants you to have an abundance of His anointing upon you. And, and I'm telling you, there's a new realm of evangelism coming to the church, and it's going to be presence of God evangelism. Where the outpourings of God are following His people, and everywhere they go, the Spirit begins to be poured out. I mean, I'm telling you, we've had some awesome times where, you know, the joy of the Lord and the, uh, the anointing of God shows up outside the church. I remember one time I was in Vancouver and we were there and, and I was leading a team of, of you know, young adults on a, on a trip to, to learn how to evangelize. And we're there and, and God speaks to me. I'm at Starbucks. 
And he says, go outside and sit on the curb. So I go outside and I sit on the curb and I'm sitting there and like all this time goes by and nobody comes. You know, I'm, I'm like looking around I'm like, well, I guess I missed this. And as I said, this guy wheels up on a bicycle and he looks at me and he goes, hey, man, you got any marijuana? That's what he says to me. And I think, what? And the Lord goes, here's your guy. I mean, sometimes the people that we encounter, they might be a little crazy. I mean, we're not supposed to be afraid of them. Right? We need to love them. That's what God's called us to. A lot of Christians are going, I'm out of here. You're weird. Like we're going to get stained or something. We should be the ones that are totally, you know, releasing the kingdom where people, you know, get influenced. And you know what? Here's a good, here's a good reality for you. If you can catch a cold from someone, how many you know someone can catch the anointing from you? Right? How many know we should be contagious? And so this guy runs into me with his bike, me and, you know, our two interns, and, and, and he's like, hey, man, you got any marijuana? And I go, no, nah, man, I ain't got nothing like that. And, and, and I said, no. And, and he goes, oh, okay, are you a cop? He starts getting nervous. I said, no, not at all. And he goes, oh, you're a Christian. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm thinking in my head, like, how did you know that, man? I'm supposed to be the prophetic evangelism. I'm like, dude, I got Christian on my forehead. and my, I'm looking at myself, you know. I, I'd already given up the Jesus shirts, if you heard the other night. <laughs> You know, and so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And, and the Lord says, Jeremy, just talk to this guy. So I start talking to him and, and, and I tell him, I said, no, actually, we're Christians. And we're, you're right. We're Christians. and We're here actually loving on people. Can we pray for you? And the guy looks at me and he goes, I've had prayer so many times, man. That doesn't even work. And I said, great. Well, then you won't mind it, you know, happening again. I'm like, because this time I believe it'll work. And, and the guy mocks us. He goes, and he does that. And he goes, get it over with, man. And it was just a funny thing. Like he was wanting me to feel good about myself or, you know, him allowing me to pray for him. And so I'm thinking, okay. And, uh, and so I always ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what do we do? Like that's, that's the key. Intimacy with God, obedience to his voice releases the reality of the kingdom. And so I felt the Lord said, just pray for him, man. And so I start praying for him. And I'm thinking, what do I do? This guy looks like he's kind of like living on the streets. And what do I pray for? So I start going, Lord, bless this guy. Provide for him, Lord. Give him food, you know, give him, give him whatever. And the Lord goes, no, you're missing it right now. He says, he needs the Holy Ghost. That's what God said. He said, look at him and wave your hand like that by him and release the Holy Spirit. And so I said, okay, Holy Spirit, come like that. And the guy, the guy goes from like, so all of a sudden, power of God hits him so hard. He actually like jumps off the ground. He goes, oh. I've been struck. And he's like going back. He screams this out. I've been struck. And his eyes are like as big, big as saucers. He's like, he's like looking at us like this. And, and he goes, you guys are freaking me out right now, man. He goes, I got to get away from you. You guys are freaking me out. He goes, in fact, I didn't contemplate this by myself, man. You, you messing me up. And he starts like, you know, walking his bike away. And, and there's about 400 people on the streets, one of the most, uh, you know, busy shopping streets. And he goes to get on his bike. And he tries to ride away, but he's so drunk in the Holy Ghost, he starts swerving. And he's like going like this. And, and, and as he's going, we're like, Jesus loves you, man. Jesus loves you. And, and you know what? We didn't get to lead him to the Lord, but that was a, an encounter that was a seed, right? I mean, I'm telling you that, that what I'm talking about is revival tonight. How many know that person will never be the same because the God that they doubted in, the God that they said wasn't real, whacked them. Right? With the anointing of God. He hit him and, and, and filled him up with real joy. He was looking for drugs. God gave him the real thing. You know? Getting high, that's a counterfeit. You know? I mean, and, and, and here's the thing. God wants us to carry the anointing of God like this to where people get rocked. And, and see, He wants you to have a harvest of anointing in your life. Who wants to have an anointing that when you pray for people in public, that stuff happens? See, I'm, I'm telling you, if you don't, you can. I mean, it, it, but but... See, we need understanding because where we're going as a church is where we've never gone before. Where we're going as individuals is where we've never gone before because here's the reason why. God is always on the move. I mean, what we like to do those, we sit around and we go, oh man, I love what God's doing right now. And, and then when, when we love that season, we just want to stay there. We don't ever want to move forward because this is the best season ever, right? And then when you, when you have that attitude, all of a sudden God moves over there and it's like, where are you, God? He start. Freaking out, right? Why? Because you're not moving with him. You're not moving with him. And you see, God wants us to be on the move. He wants us to walk with him. You know, if we're, if, if God's presence is like a river, how many know a river does not stay stagnant? It moves. Right? It moves. And we gotta move with the river. And eventually that river goes where? To the ocean, right? What is the ocean? It's humanity. So if God's releasing his spirit, it's for who? Humanity. 
And, and, and I want you to see this because I'm talking about the reins of heaven here. And, and, and I'm talking about some things that God wants to stir up because God wants to give us tools tonight. How I many know you can't have a harvest without tools? Right? I want you to understand something. God wants to give us tools. What are the tools of our day? Signs, wonders, miracles, prophecy, the presence of God, the peace of God, the joy of the Lord. These are tools that God wants to give us so that people around us will know He's real. And and, and I love it because God's going to stir these things up in this place tonight. But I want you to see something because here is Moses. Here's all of the Hebrew children. And you know what's happening is they're in a season called transition. How many of you feel like you're in a season called transition? If you don't know what that is, that's when, you know, you don't know where you're going, right? It's like, you know that you're, something's changing around you, but you don't quite know what it is. And it's like the more you press into God, you don't feel or hear anything. Who's ever heard that? You know, the body of Christ is in a place of transition. And it's in that time and it's in that season that we have to discover who we are in Christ and what God's called us to do. We have to understand that. And, and, and here's Moses. As things shift, what we have to learn how to do is this. We have to learn how to rely on heaven. Rely on God. I mean, you know that sometimes when we go, Lord, I want a gift of faith. <laughs> you know, or, or we start, you know, we start trying to pray, Lord, uh, give me more faith. You know what happens? Actually, he says, oh, you want, no, you want some more faith? Okay, good. And he starts to put us in situations that require faith. I'm not saying afflictions or any of that stuff, but what I'm saying is, how many know that if we always could see everything, there wouldn't be faith, right? Because that's why at times God puts us in situations where we just have to trust Him. And and we have to just say, okay, God, I'm going to look to the supernatural because that's where your provision for me is at. And I'm just going to, even though I don't see how you're going to do this, God, I'm going to believe that you're going to do it because you're the God of miracles. That's what I'm talking about. And, and you see, I believe the body of Christ is actually in a season like that. Who's been feeling like things have been shaken around them? You know, because the Bible says God will shake everything that can be shaken until what? Only the things of the kingdom of God remain. And I'm telling you right now, I've got a message tonight because I want you to understand something. Now is a time of hope because you're coming out of transition, friends. And you're coming into promise. And for some of you, you've been fighting and fighting and fighting just to hold on. And I'm telling you right now, it's your time. That should, that should excite some of you. You see, here's Moses. It's his time to enter in. And here's, here's what God says to him. He, he says, For the land which you go to possess is not like the land which you have come from, where you have sown your seed and watered it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks its waters from the rains of heaven. So I want you to understand something. Moses and, and the, the, the Hebrew children came out of where? Egypt. And you see, the way that they did things there to produce a harvest looked different than the way that it would look as they moved into the land of promise. And this is what I mean. There's some funny language there. He says to Moses, hey, Moses, the way you're going to get a harvest is not going to look like you did when you were in Egypt where you watered your garden by foot. What is that all about? How do you water a garden by foot? You know, you put a little hose and... See, I'm telling you, sometimes the Bible is... How many know the Bible is written from a Hebrew mindset, not a Greek you know, not, it, was, it was written from a Hebrew mindset, not the kind of mindset we have today where we're just like analytical and, you know, thinkers. Hebrew mindset was very metaphorical. And you see, when uh, we've got to understand the context of the word according to that metaphorical understanding sometimes to pull the truth out. And you see, the reason why God was telling them it's not going to be like when you water by foot is because in the culture of that day, in Egypt, they were not to, he, he tells them, he says, it's going to be different. You're going to have to depend on the rains of heaven. And the reason why is because in Egypt, they don't have the rains. It's a desert. So where do they get their water? The Nile River. And you see, so what they would have to do, I'd study this out for you. The reason why I said you're not going to water your garden by foot is because what they had to do there is they had to dig trenches with their feet like this and put their seed in. And then they had to use a, a device. If you study what it was, they used a device called a shut it, which was a big bucket with a long pole. And they would actually go dip the bucket into the, the river Jordan. And then they would, they would walk with it and they would stand it up and they'd put their seeds and then they would kick it over like that and they would water the seed. And so that's why he said it's not going to be like when you were in Egypt where you watered your garden by foot. See, what God is saying to Moses is this. He says, where you're going in this next season, you're going to have to fully depend on me. He said, it's not going to be by your own efforts and by your own means that the Holy Spirit's going to move. It's not going to be by a good program. It's not going to be by some man-made effort where we get to decide just how much of God we want. How many people do that? 
You know, and if you have control, then, you know, just a little bit of water. No, that's too much. See, God doesn't want us to do that. God wants us to take our hands off the wheel and to begin to trust where he is taking your leadership, begin to trust where he is taking, you know, things in the church. And you know what? Some people, they get uncomfortable when the spirit of God comes because sometimes it can be chaotic. And you know what? I want you to understand something. There was a holy chaos that happened on the day of Pentecost that shook everything in the city. In fact, these 120 people were in the upper room and they came out of that upper room and they were so intoxicated with God that when they came out, everybody that saw them was like, man, they're drunk. And they're speaking in tongues and look at them. I mean, you got to understand. This was a religious culture that didn't have any life in it. And then all of a sudden, these guys come from an upper room experience. The Holy Spirit hits them, and they're coming. Blah, 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 you know, like, who knows what they look like, but they must have been staggering around, you know, because they actually were accused of being drunk. And then they say, no, no, that's not so. It's only nine in the morning. And Peter stands up, and you know what he says? He says, this is that which Joel prophesied. See, I want you to understand something. What did Joel prophesy? And we have to understand the word of God. I mean, no, we like to choose one scripture here and one scripture. You know, I, I want you to understand something. Prophetic people sometimes drive me crazy. They do. I, I've know, I got a lot of friends that are ministers, you know, and they'll be like, man, I had this visitation, dude. And look, I got this scripture. And they'll tell me, and I'll be like, that is not biblically sound, man. You took one scripture to back up your flaky experience. We need the word of God to back up, right, what the spirit of God is saying. And it needs to be doctrinally sound. And, 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 and so when I have a visitation from God, I will not even preach it unless I can find it thoroughly in the word. And, and so I'm telling you, I, I, as, as God began to show this to me, I began to realize something. That God wants to give us keys to having a harvest. Who wants a harvest today? Only four or five of you? <laughs> I'm telling you, God wants to give you a harvest of his anointing, a harvest of his power, a harvest of his finances, a harvest of everything you need, a harvest of everything that's been promised to you. But we've got to get these keys as a church to move forward. And that first key is this. You can't have revival the way you had it 10 years ago. You can't have revival the way that we've had it in the past. You've got to let go of your own efforts to see God move because now you're entering into a season where faith is required. And we're, the only way things are going to happen that God tells you He wants to do in your life is if He starts to pour out the Spirit. How many know that? How many have ever got a prophetic word over your life that's just too big for you? Raise your hand. It's like you're like, yeah, that was a, you know, that was a little way. Okay, forget that. That was like massively too big for me. Did you know those are the words that are really from God? Because it wouldn't give him much glory if you just had a little word that you could fulfill out of your own flesh, right? God wants to fulfill the, the impossible. And, and so here's the thing. We need principles. We need understanding, though. And this is what the Word of God says. Woo, Jesus. Huh. I'm telling you, it says here, it says that this is what God said. He said, I'll give you your reign in verse 13. It says, it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all of your heart and with all of your soul, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine, your oil. See, what God tells Moses is he says, if you love me with all your heart. Who loves the Lord with all their heart? You know, and, and if you'll be obedient to my word or to my voice, who's willing to be obedient to God, if, you know, to step into the land of promise or to step into what God has for you? It's required, friends. Why? Because that's what makes it about relationship. I mean, I'm telling you, some of the craziest miracles we've seen, I mean, we've seen radical miracles. I remember one time I was in the UK, we're in a revival meeting, and this one guy jumps up, and he runs to the side. I gave a word of knowledge, someone's got a deaf ear, and this guy runs to the side, and he mocks me, screams at me. That's me, but I'm not going to get healed because this is a bunch of beepity beep beep. And he just, and I'm thinking, oh no, <laughs> this is not what I want right now, right? And the Lord tells me, he says, Jeremy, don't lay a hand on him. He said, challenge him to come to the front. And so I said, okay, come up here, man. And this guy comes to the front and he's looking at me and he looks at everybody and he says, I don't believe in this stuff. And the Lord says, just sing a song of love over him. And I said, okay. <laughs> I said, it's already gone crazy in this meeting, so might as well get a little crazier, right? So I, start, I said, I look at him, I said, I'm not going to pray for you. And he goes, that's right. And I said, that's right, I'm going to sing over you. And I just started to sing the love of God, and his ear popped open right on the spot. And you know what? With the same breath that he cursed me, he turned around and repented to the whole church. Oh, forgive me, forgive me, God, you're real. I, I hated this stuff, but I can't deny it now. See, God wants to do miracles. 
And you know what happened is the fire of God and the, 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 the rains of heaven began to pour out that night. And there were so many people that got saved, not even because uh, of, of the miracle, but because of this guy's heart being turned. Oh, Jesus. Whew. I'm telling you, God can deal with anybody that tries to persecute you. But here's the thing. That's why we got to love our enemies, right? They're not even enemies sometimes. They're just confused brothers and sisters in Christ. And so anyway, here, here we are. And, 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 you know, I'm, I'm looking at this scripture and God starts to speak to me. It says that if they would love him with all their hearts and with all their minds and souls and be obedient to him, it says that he would send the rain in the season to their land, the early rain and the latter rain. How many know there's times and seasons and there's, there's, there's times and seasons where we must have God pour out his spirit, right? And, and it's interesting because in the natural in Israel, it's, it's like no other nation. In fact, here's the way it works is in their timetables or in their framework of how God does things in the weather patterns. It's much different than it is in America where I'm from. I'm not fully sure how it is here, but in America, we can have rain in fall, winter, summer or spring. It could come at any time. And, and I'm sure it's like that here. Well, in Israel, if you study the weather patterns out, there's only two seasons of rain. They have what they call the winter rains and the summer rains. Or the former rains or the latter rains. And here's the way it works is that the former rains must come, if you would, to soften the ground. Because here's, here's how it works. The, 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 the former rains or the winter rains come in about October and November. And it's only for like that little period of time and that's it. And then it stops raining completely until about March or April. Usually falls upon the, the Christian celebration of Easter. And, and, and those are the latter rains. And so if you could imagine after the latter rains and, and a harvest grows up and a crop comes and there's no rain from that, that period of March or April all the way to, if you would, October, how many know that ground's going to be hard as a rock? You couldn't dig it if you tried. So what they needed is they need these two rains to come. And the first rain came, the, the, the former rain or the winter rain came to soften the ground so that seed could be planted. And then what would happen is the, 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 the latter rain had to come for what? To germinate the seed so that harvest can happen. And I'll tell you what the Lord spoke to me. The Lord told me this. He said that Australia's had a former rain. And now get ready for the latter. Because there's a harvest that's coming. That's what he told me. He said to me this. And even being here with you guys, uh, with your pastors, they've been telling me the whole time about revival that they experienced years back. And some of you probably been around long enough to know what that was like. But get ready because there's a new wave. And for those of you that have never had it, you're about to get rocked. You see, I'm prophesying tonight to this church, but I'm also prophesying in the spirit to this nation. And, and, and I'm telling you, here's the thing. we got to understand what the word says. And, you know, when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, he said this. He said, it shall come to pass in the latter days that God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. And that your sons and daughters will prophesy. And your old men will have visions. Your young men will have dreams. You know, the whole thing. And he goes on to talk about miracles and salvations. But you know what he said before that? He said this. And the reason why he had to say this is because this was a witness to the people of his day that Jesus Christ was the Lord and Savior. And this is why they got saved. He stood up and he said, this is that which Joel prophesied about. And you see, everybody in that time and day knew the words of the prophets. And if you've got Bibles, turn to Joel. I'm almost done. What I'm doing tonight, this is a little different than what we've done. What I'm doing tonight is I'm preaching the word to you. And I'm setting a foundation for you to position yourself for the next release of God's spirit in this place. And in your, in your lives. And, and I'm telling you, we're going to pray for people tonight. People will get healed. People will get touched. But I want you to see this, you know, it, 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 go to the book of Joel because the language that Joel uses and the language that, that if you would, Peter uses are a little bit different. See, because Joel says, in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. But do you want to know what Joel says? Look at Joel 2.28. Joel says this, afterwards it will come to pass that God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. What is that all about? Afterwards, that's two different languages. There was a shift of languages. And you see, here's the reason why the shift of language came. Look, it's right here. It says, it says, and after doing those things, ah, Jesus. It's after doing those things, or afterwards, it'll come to pass, in my Bible it says, that God will pour out His Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy the whole thing that Peter says. But after what? How many know we've got to stop taking Scripture out of context? We've got to know the full Scripture, right? 
turn a little bit back, you know, and, and, and look at this. You go to, go to, to verse um, 25, and you're going to see a theme of what I'm talking about tonight. And you're going to see the, 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 the signs that cause people to know that Jesus was Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. In fact, oh, turn to verse 23. Look at this. This is what Joel prophesied. And this is why the people of the day, when, G- when Peter stood up and said, this is that which Joel prophesied, knew that Jesus was Lord. This is why they got saved, because they knew prophecy. Look what it says. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully. And he will cause the rains to come down for you, the former and the latter rain in the first month. And it goes on, it says, The threshing floor shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. Does that look familiar? And then it goes on and says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, the chewing locusts, my great army which I sent amongst you. Then you shall eat and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And then look, here's the prophecy. And afterwards it shall come to pass. See, I want you to understand. After what? After Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead. After he rebuked the devourer once and for all that has been stealing from people throughout all the existence of, uh, of time since Adam and Eve uh, sinned in the garden. It was then that three signs would appear. And that would be what? The oil, the grain, and the wine. Did you know on the day of Pentecost those were the exact signs that appeared? They were meeting together in the upper room, right? 120 of them. What came? The oil. Where? Upon their heads like fire. What else came? Wine. That was why they came out of that room so drunk and intoxicated in the Holy Spirit that people accused them of being drunk. And they began to speak in new tongues and new languages. And I want you to hear this. And where was the grain? The grain was when Peter stood up and he began to pierce. He began to pure in the Spirit, I believe, into our time and day. And he said, this is that which Joel prophesied. And you see what he was proclaiming that day is this. Is this, is the, this is the former rains being released in your midst. And then he began to go into a vision. He began to see into our time and into our day. He began to see you and me and, and people in the end days. And he said, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. And that your young men will have visions, your old men will have dreams, and you know they'll prophesy, and that there'll be signs and wonders in the heavens above, the earth beneath, and all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you see, what we're doing tonight is I'm bringing a framework to you to see clearly what God's mandate is on your life, because we're all called, and we're all you know in a in a place where God wants to anoint us for service. And you see, the grain was this, that when Peter stood up and he said to the people of his day, he, he said, this Jesus whom you crucified is the Lord of glory. He proved it by this scripture in the Old Testament, by the, the signs of the wine, the grain, and the, uh, the, the new oil. And, and what happened was the people that day repented on the spot because they knew the signs. And that was the grain coming to pass. God's word in scripture coming to pass. See, and, and what does this have to do with our time? And what does this have to do with our day? Well, I'll tell you what it has to do with. How many of you know that the, the revival that came after Jesus rose from the dead was short-lived? If you look at church history. Yeah, the Apostle Paul and, you know, Peter and all those guys that were with Jesus, they, they totally fully sold out for God and they lived for Him. But do you know what happened after they passed? Darkness. For years. And you know what's amazing is this, is I believe there was a former rain that was released and that the seed, if you look at the parable, the seed and the, you know, the seed is the word of God. And what happened was that God released the rains to, if you would, to soften the ground for when? Our time and day. And what's now coming is the seed that's going to germinate harvest and going to bring the Savior back into the, into the world. And you see, if we recognize the times and the seasons that we're living in, then all of a sudden we begin to have an urgency, don't we? See, I want you to understand something. Eschatology is what they call the study of the end times. And there is some stuff out there right now that makes me sick. Because it's all focused on judgment and darkness, and it's all this weird gloom and doom stuff. And really what it is is it's men trying to interpret the book of Revelation out of man's understanding. When there's a clear theme that goes from the beginning of the Bible to the very end of the Bible. 
And we have to understand that because that's how you establish if something is of God. And you see, what I'm saying is this. There's a harvest generation that God is raising up who will be the most victorious generation of Christians that have ever walked the face of the earth. They'll be anointed with the oil and the grain and the wine of heaven and their mandate and mission will be to save and to see lost people come in. And what God is about to do is God is about to release a latter rain, if you would, in the earth. And God is about to release a latter rain here in Australia. And my question to you tonight is, do you want to be a part of that? Do you want to receive a move of God in the Spirit? Oh, Jesus. See, I'm coming tonight as a prophetic vessel and prophetic voice to prophesy something over you and over this congregation and over this nation. And I believe that the time and the season is now. And, and even I, I heard about these different stories, you know, of how even Pastor Phil Pringle was prophesying about how when the dams would break. And you know what caused that? Rain. Do you believe in signs and wonders? Oh, Jesus. Oh, some of you are looking at me like, wow. I know it's a lot. But we've got to get this stuff in our hearts because if you understand the time and the season that you live in and then you'll understand the urgency to have the fullness of God in your life. And not only that, you'll understand that we don't have to do anything to receive what God wants to do because this is a fruition of time moment where God wants to release it more than we want it. Do you guys hear that? Oh, Jesus. I want you to stand with me and I want the band to come up. We're going to release the kingdom tonight. We're going to release... uh, See, I want you to hear this. Uh, God wants to release a harvest in this place. And here's the way it works. It works both individually and corporately. Individually and corporately. What what does individual harvest looks like? What does it looks like? (laughs) What does it look like? Looks like the promises of God in your life coming to pass. It looks like God doing what He's promised you He would do and releasing to you the things that He promised to you. Now, remember I talked about systematic theology and if something is really of God or if it's a real prophetic word, it will line up with Scripture. And you know what? I'll tell you, there's a deception out there. And a lot, I want you to understand something. There's a lot of people that believe we just got to hold on until Jesus comes and rescues us. It's a rapture mentality. Do you know that's totally opposite to what Jesus taught? I'm telling you, he told a parable, and this is what he said. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who went out and he sowed seed into a field. And then in the night came the evil one and he sowed tares into that field. And then the workers of that, you know, uh, that vineyard came to the, the farmer and they said this. They said, haven't you seen what's happened? There's tares right now growing up with the wheat because somebody has vandalized, I'm paraphrasing, somebody has vandalized the harvest field. And you know what Jesus said to them, or, or what the, the farmer said to them, he said this, he said, he said, look, do not pluck them up right now. Wait till the harvest is full. And then, when the harvest is full, pluck up first the tares, bundle them up, throw them into fire, and then take up the harvest. And Jesus went on and he interpreted this to his disciples. He said that the farmer who sows the seed is the son of man. That was Jesus. And that the seed is the word of God. And then he, will, and then he goes on and he says this. He says, that, he, he says to the people, oh, Jesus. He says, first remove the tares. And then the the harvest will go. And he, and he says that the tares are the sons of the evil one. And he goes on and he says that the harvests are the sons of the kingdom and that they'll live in their father's kingdom forever and ever and ever. And you see, I believe God's raising up a victorious generation and that we got to shift our mindset and we got to understand something, that God has work for us to do in his harvest field. He has work for us to do in his harvest field. The devil wants you to be deceived into saying, once I pray a prayer, that's it. I'll just wait until I'm rescued out of darkness. God wants you to rise up and be light in darkness and bring people out of that place and into his kingdom. And you see, James said this, talking about the end times, talking about the latter days in in James chapter 5, verse 7. He said, therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord and see how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rains. See, we're here tonight to release rain. 
And what that means is God's going to release the miraculous in your lives and in your families and in your movement and in your church. I'm telling you, who wants that? Who wants the glory of God like never before? See, when, the, when, when God starts to do something new, it requires us to flow with Him and to change the way that we think. And so many times we want yesterday's manna when there's new manna available today. Oh, Jesus. We're going to pray right now. We're going to ask God for the rains to come into this nation, to come into this city, to come into this church, to come into your lives. And I believe God's going to release harvest. And we're also going to do an impartation tonight to stir up the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to stir up the the, the gifts for harvest. What does that look like? Miracle anointings, healing anointings, prophecy. Uh, This is what Peter said. In the last days, God will pour His Spirit out on all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy the moving miracles and all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. If that's what Scripture says, we need those gifts. Do you agree with me? If you're scared of those gifts, study your Bible. I want you to understand something. Don't reject the very, uh, you know, plow and the very uh, shovel and the very thing that God is trying to give you to bring in your harvest. Woo, Jesus. Come on, lift his name up tonight. We're going to ask the God of the harvest to thrust out laborers and to release his reins. But Jeremy's just spoken to me and said, I've got something for the nation. I've got a prophecy to declare, to decree. Can you stand with us on that matter? And then what he wants to do, he wants to open up the altar and he wants to activate, impart and see activated in your life your calling and how you figure in this last day's revival. The Bible talks about a last day's revival. And, and, and it's prophesied over this nation that this is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. And there will this nation will actually be mobilized and shot out like arrows to the nations of the earth. Now, I'm not sure that fits in your theology, but that's what the Bible actually says. That in the last days, there's going to be a massive harvest. And I believe the generation I'm looking at right now, every generation, young and old, God is deliberately working on your heart. And tonight there is an opportunity from the anointing of God to be anointed, to hear from God, know God, and be available in that great work. Are you into that? Now, if you need to go, that's cool, but we're going to go on for a little while longer here. Not too much longer, but I want to give everyone an opportunity. Now, listen to me. If there's people in the house... They got saved a year ago, two years ago, ten years ago. And now you are disappointed. When you got saved, you were appointed. And you felt, man, I'm in this. But now you feel somewhat disappointed. It's almost like missing an appointment for a job interview. And you, and it was worth, you know, everything to you. And you missed it. If you feel like that, you feel like you're discouraged as a born-again believer you're discouraged with the church, you're discouraged with your life. I believe tonight that there will be a reappointment and a reactivation of your high calling, not just your calling of your salvation, but a call of the calling whereby that you figure in the last day's harvest. That means bringing to bear the giftedness that you have, the talent that you have, and also being able to figure in this great mission that God is doing reconciling humanity from darkness and so if you're into that if you just don't want to just do normal church but you want to help your friends and family your neighbors of the central coast and this nation know about God that's who I'm talking about but if you just got other matters happening that's cool too if you've got situations and circumstances that that you need a miracle you need to step up too and come up too so we're praying into that now can you help us build this atmosphere with your faith and we're going to see this this happen. We're going to see you imparted. We're going to see you reactivated and reappointed to your God destiny. Is that cool? Can I hear an amen in that? Come on, Lord, we need you right now. So, man of God, we're going to release you tonight. Come on up. Thank you, Lord. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to call on the rains. And I believe God's going to shift something in the spirit in this place. And I believe that even in the 
Even in the nation, we can make decrees that can be established. How many know that if the whole world was changed with 120 people in the upper room, right? Who were sold out for God. How many know the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty in God. To the ripping down of strongholds. And I'm telling you, when we pray, something happens. When we release prayers to God and they're led by the Spirit, things are established. And I'll tell you what I see tonight. I'll tell you what I see over the great Southland of the Holy Spirit, over your beautiful nation of Australia. I see a cloud. I see a cloud the size of a man's fist. And I'm telling you, it's growing. And I see a scripture written in that cloud. And that scripture is Romans. It's Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And that says this, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. See, that scripture is talking about how the Holy Spirit wants to pour out love. And He wants to come and He wants to refresh and He wants to release people from disappointment and from hope deferred, which makes the heart sick. Just like Pastor Phil was talking about. And I believe tonight as we just sing this song to the Lord and we ask God to release His reins, I believe tonight because we have understanding with what we ask for, there's an activation in the Spirit. See, we now understand what we're asking for when we say, God, release the reins of heaven. We understand what we're asking for. We're asking for God to release a harvest over this nation. We're asking God to water the seeds of prophecy that have gone into the ground for year after year after year, decade after decade after decade. See, when the word of the Lord is spoken, it does not go void, but it accomplishes that which God sends it to accomplish. And sometimes what we need is the rain of heaven to cause the germination of that word or that seed to begin to sprout forth. And I'm telling you right now, that's what God's doing in this nation tonight. And so I want you to ask God to let it rain, to ask God to send the rains. And as we do, I'm going to make a decree. I'm going to make a decree for the love of God to be released in this nation. I believe that there's a revolution that's at hand. Oh, the rains of heaven 
Lord, let the rains fall upon the prophetic promises and the prophetic words that have been spoken from the prophets of old and even the words that have been spoken in our day, God. Let the rains cause those seeds to germinate in this season, God. That the King of glory would be Lord and Savior over this nation. Lord, we declare that now in the name of Jesus. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ.